This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. I'm not pre-recording tonight, so you can call in if you'd like, and the number to call in is 917 917- Eight eight nine eight zero seven eight. So we're live, and you can call in and talk to my guest. Again, um, my number is nine one seven eight eight nine eight zero seven eight. And uh, if you're listening tonight, would like to get in touch with me, and you can't call in for whatever reason because we have been having some technical difficulties. I really hope that we can make it through this show, actually, because the technical difficulties that I was having prior to the show, I was just afraid we, were, we weren't even going to have it. So that you can send me an email, and that is Shireen, C-W-R, at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you. Shireen, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I want to do a shout-out tonight because tonight I am uh, – Broadcasting from the AWR, AWA uh, studios, and Trevor helped me get on. So he's put this all together for me, and I want to do a shout-out to him for helping me with this um, beautiful studio and allowing me to do it here. Okay, I would like to remind everyone that our show is on every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you would like a direct link to those services, you may go to our CWR homepage on the website cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by our topic, please call the national hotline 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. Uh, We're going to have a public service announcement, so we will be right back. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... 
I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. This is Shereen. Okay, so my guest tonight is, I'm going to call him Dr. Daniel. <laughs> he is my he is a male therapist that works with DVA victims and survivors. Daniel Adams loves to free up emotional capital. He works as a transformational coach, drawing on his music therapy training and licensure from Utah State University. Powerful psychological frameworks and various spiritual perspectives. He loves to do one-on-one emotional breakthrough sessions as well as group work in retreats, workshops, and the conference he runs called Healing the Past, Light the Future. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Shereen. I'm so glad I could. I, I got you here because I was afraid you weren't going to get out of that green room. <laughs> it was my I know. Here year. we are. We're ready to rock. <laughs> we are. We're ready to rock. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, let's talk about freeing up emotional capital. Tell me a little bit about that and how you use that for domestic violence victims and survivors. I believe that every human being has everything they need to live a life of awesomeness. And we talk about budgets and financial capital. um, And I've been really interested in this idea of emotional capital that I have a certain amount of bandwidth and it's just a question of where am I budgeting my emotional capital Um, I'm in the business of plugging energy leaks and anytime there's an energy leak I was just talking with a client earlier today Um, she's got this creative project that she's really excited about Um, But she's having a hard time doing the work in the creative project because she's so drawn into relationship, uh, marital relationship, and her in-laws are involved. And she's just spending so many hours, not just face-to-face, working on the relationship with all these folks kind of in a carousel and triangles and all sorts of – it's kind of like a movie. Um, But there's just like such a heavy emotional toll that sits in her body. It affects the way she's interacting with her kids. It affects the way she interacts with folks at worship service. And it's really like on her mind all the time. If we could plug that energy leak, give her a chance to say what she needs to say, it frees up the emotional capital to go do more of what she wants to do. She's got these beautiful business ideas. It's just a question of like by the time she gets to, oh, now I get to work on my business, the bandwidth is gone. All the capital has been used up to go into working through the marital stress. Um, So it's all there. It's just a question of, like, where are we using the resource? So that's what I love to evaluate. Yeah, I love that you said 
energy leak, right? You said leak? <laughs> right. Sometimes it's an energy blowout. <laughs> oh, I've had those. I've had those. <laughs> okay, so I get that. So energy leak and um, freeing up the emotional capital for the things that you want to do and succeed at. And actually, that would work towards empowerment, wouldn't it? Healing and empowerment, actually. Very much, yeah. I love empowerment work. Yeah. Okay, what is um, transformational coaching? Transformational coaching. I ask people all the time, what's the difference between a coach and a therapist? And the answer is not much. They're both neutral parties. Um, they're both in the business of adding education and listening. What I love about the coach approach is that they guide the client to their own answers. Good therapists do this too. I've, you know, as I worked through my own stuff with my therapist, some of them were very prescriptive and they said, you need to do this and this and this and this and this. And if I wanted that, I'd go ask my parents or clergy or you know what I mean like there's plenty of people that will tell me what to do what I love about transformational coaching is I always look to get the client back in touch with their own voice in touch with their own power in touch with their own body in touch with their own intuition and the transformative piece is where we can move from a place of feeling like a victim and running that energy and the symptoms of victim, how many times does the word can't come up in a day? Right. And, you know, and it's, it's subtle where those come up. Um, but the transformation piece is moving out of those can't into here's what I choose. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I get clients all the time that apologize for everything. And it hit me the other day that in a lot of ways they're apologizing for existing. Yeah. And that's like, how do, how do we get in touch with our power so that sorry becomes an accountability instead of a, a worth issue? That's a little bit about, about transformational coaching. Wow, that's great. Now, do you do energy healing? I was just thinking you might based on what some of the things I've heard you say. <laughs> I've got a background in that. Um, well tell us a little bit about that um, I do have friends <laughs> who do energy healing but you know since you have the psychology healing I mean yeah, healing methods and the uh, the energy perspective as well uh, do you want to share that or, or no <laughs> sure I'm trying to think of good words for it um, I don't do a lot of energy healing um, but I look at the world through the eyes of energy I went through a um, through some shamanism studies and um, that taught me a lot about symbolism it taught me a lot about ceremony and they put the brain in a different place um, when we go to a graduation ceremony we wear goofy clothes and pointy hats and we've got some music and we've got some speakers and then we've got this you know long train of people that go up and they receive whatever they've received as a token for what they've achieved, even though it's usually not the actual piece of paper because it gets mailed later. But the whole thing is just this opportunity to celebrate some kind of achievement, right? And the ceremony just puts us in a different mindset and a different body set. And that's what I loved 
from the shaman program to start looking at what are ceremonies that we could build into a retreat. What are ceremonies and rituals that we could build into people's homes, especially as those homes have been turned upside down, possibly displaced? How can we create a sense of home wherever we are? One way to do that is ceremony and ritual. Some folks will get together and pray together at the end of the day. That's one form of ceremony or ritual. Um, a lot of we have a lot of ceremony around eating in our in our Western culture. Um, and different meals, we eat certain things at certain times. And so it's interesting from the energy perspective to look at that, um, the kind of the ceremony side. And the other angle that's really served in my coaching practice is this idea in energy of if everything's made out of energy, you know, back to eighth grade science class, um, solids vibrate, the molecules move slowly, and so it's a solid. Liquids have molecules that vibrate faster, and so it's a liquid, and then gases have molecules that vibrate even faster than that. Yes, so sir. everything's mm -hmm. made of these, you know, vibrating molecules. So what's fascinating is to start playing with the energy. Um, I'll use an example. I've been working with my, my young son about um, what counts as respectful language and what counts as cuss words and things like that, what counts as disrespectful language because he doesn't understand. Um, he's really literal. And what we landed on is the energy behind the words are what makes it appropriate or not appropriate. Because right. shut up can be one of the nastiest, ickiest words in the English language, depending on how it's delivered, right? Or it could be really funny and sarcastic. Oh, shut up, right? Or like somebody's really excited and goes, shut up, that's so great. But then we could put just like a really nasty energy behind it, right? The words are irrelevant, but the energy behind it is a huge part of what went on. Um, and so we start extrapolating that. What kind of energy was getting passed back and forth in the home? Yeah. What kind of energy was getting passed back and forth between mom and child, between dad and child, between spouses? And even to take it, you know, even farther, what kind of energy was passed during a traumatic event? And it's kind of interesting to look in that place where it starts to build compassion, not condoning it, certainly. Like, when is it ever appropriate to put your hands on another human being with anything other than love and affection and touch when it's right. consensual? Um, but fascinating to think, like, what if part of the trauma is a density of energy? And that gets stuck in the body. That gets stuck in the emotions. That gets stuck in the mental patterns and the habits. And so part of creating a transformational recovery to really build home the way we always imagined it could be is to look at the energy behind it and play in that space. Yeah, that's uh... – I actually never thought of that before, but it's true because any word can be misused pretty much and be derogatory <laughs> or be good or, you know, <laughs> okay. Right. I'm not going through the dictionary, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of the words that we use today. Anyway, um, you do music therapy. Uh, is there a different other types of therapy you do besides music therapy? Music's, music's the main one. So 
when I finished my degree program at Utah State, it's essentially a double major with psychology and then a music major, and they blend those together. And so they have a, a licensure test that's really similar to social work. Um, it's, it's necessary to complete the program to do a, a clinical internship of six months. It's 1,080 hours supervised by another licensed music therapist. Um, I went out to New York to do my training and um, then you take the licensure test and um, there's all sorts of continuing education that goes into it. And depending where music therapists work, some of them work, you know, with eating disorders. Um, some of them work in a hospice and palliative care setting for end of life transition. Some of them work um, in domestic abuse. Some of them work um, with kids with autism um, up at primary children's hospital in Salt Lake city. Um, they've got a really thriving program in the, ha the Huntsman Cancer Institute as well, where, where they will write songs with patients to express, you know, the pain and the sadness and the grief and the loss and everything that they're going through. And I've found yeah. that music is such a powerful medium sound, any kind of sound. You know, if I can give somebody a drum, pretty much anybody can whack. And we have all these experiences that we don't even have words for. Right. And especially children. And that goes from watching a sunset. That goes from, you know, watching children be born. Like, how could you ever ex express <laughs> any of those things, you know, or if you've ever been on a hike and it just takes your breath away. We don't have yeah. words for that. And similarly, when we're experiencing a trauma, whether it's a car wreck or anything else, right, there are these, it's like time slows down and it's almost like, wow, is this really happening? Yes, this is really happening. But there's not words for it, but there are sounds for it. There are safe ways to tell the story of an abuse episode using instruments, using sounds. And it just creates this real – the music creates such a safe container to say what needs to be said. Yes. And um, you – you know Sam Latui, right? And he came on a few uh, a few weeks ago, actually. Uh, what is the Sam difference is a in your? Soul. I know, don't you just love him? I just absolutely love him. I, I facilitate with him. I don't know if you knew that. We facilitate oh, cool. DV DV classes together. But anyway, um, what is the difference between your uh, therapy approach, uh, music therapy approach, and his therapy approach? If you can share the difference, sure. I don't know. I love so. I... I've met Sam um, and experienced a little bit of his work. I haven't seen it like in a therapeutic setting necessarily. Um, we get around and sing together sometimes, so I'm not for sure like what he does specifically. Um, what I can say about music therapy is that there's always like a clinical goal that's non-musical. So the goal might be to increase healthy expression. The goal might be to increase range of motion. The goal might be to increase attention span in children. Um, the goal might be to increase eye contact. And so there are these, you know, there's always uh, a referral, and we evaluate if the service is appropriate. You know, do they have cochlear implants, and is it contraindicated for anybody? Does it cause more anxiety and stress than it would help with? We look at that before we even take on a patient um, or a client. After the referral process, there's a formal assessment that goes on where we assess all the strengths and all the needs 
of the client um, in all their aspects of functioning, in the spiritual domain, in the mental domain, in the physical domain, in the emotional domain, um, sometimes academic, depending on you know, who it is. Um, and then that assessment, we gather data and then create a treatment plan. What kind of interventions are we going to use with folks that are going to meet their goals? And that might be making music together on drums or on shakers. That might be writing a song together where, you know, maybe the, the client writes poetry and we put that to music, you know, and, and some folks are already musically inclined, so we'll use that. And then after that, there's always documentation um, with the clinical goals. And then there's a set time for the service to, to end. You know, we, we set a, a four-week period or an eight-week period or a 12-week period, however long we think it will take to meet the goal. And then we assess, um, do we want another round? Was it effective? Um, so that's kind of the, the format of, of how the music therapy service works. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I do believe that music is very therapeutic. Um, I'm not a music therapist, but I do use music when I'm coaching at times. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, how it's I use so it. universal, it's very, right? Like, it, yeah. yeah. What what I use is very different. Um, I ask people to turn on like music that they like and pull out words that are speaking directly to them. Oh, and cool. let me give you an example. One time, I'm just I'm at the end of my rope. I'm going into court for I don't know the how many times, and um, and I turn on a uh, a CD by Eddie Ross, and it said, uh, "Where you are is where I will be." And I know this was more of a romantic type of a thing, but I knew at that time that that was God saying to me, don't worry about this, wherever you're going to be, I will be there also. And so I want people to listen to music and grab things that are speaking directly to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that really applicable and to have it be client driven, right? Cause I have my favorite songs, but that's irrelevant. We're holding space for the client to get what they need. Um, right. And that's part of what, what goes into the therapist training and what goes into the coaching training too, is being able to hold a really clean space, especially when somebody's sharing, you know, intimate things or possibly violent things right. to stay in a place of non-judgment to stay right. in a place of uh, neutrality is not quite the word, but just to listen with open ears, you know, be a heart with ears. And without yeah. saying like, oh my gosh, that's the worst or wow, that's so amazing just to be able to say, I hear you. Right. Is one of the most validating things in the world that retreats I, I go on. That's one of the structures we create is that people don't need advice. People get to get in touch with their own voice. And so for me to be given advice or judging what they say, whether like, oh my gosh, that's so great. That's a judgment. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. That's also a judgment. That's not my place to judge. It's my place to be a heart with ears. I'm just here to listen. I'm here to say I hear you. I'm here to hold space for people to get in touch with what it is they need next. Like, what do we want to create next? That's the question. Right. And what do you want? What do you want for yourself? Really, they got to be setting their own. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. 
At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.